Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. The new recommendation from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention yesterday that fully vaccinated people could take off their masks in most indoor settings caught a lot of people by surprise, including some state officials. Here's CDC Director Rochelle Walensky explaining the agency's guidance. We have all longed for this moment when we can get back to some sense of normalcy. Based on the continuing downward trajectory of cases, the scientific data on the performance of our vaccines and our understanding of how the virus spreads, that moment has come for those who are fully vaccinated. But California health officials say they're reviewing the CDC's mask announcement, and the move is raising a lot of questions. And joining me now to tackle some of those is Dr. Kirsten Bibbins-Domingo. Dr. Bibbins-Domingo, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. And Dr. Bivens Domingo is professor and chair of the Department of Epidemiology and Biostatistics and professor of medicine at UCSF School of Medicine. So, Dr. Bivens Domingo, one of the first questions that we got from listeners out of the gate was from Sang, who tweets, how quickly will our state or a local government update their guidelines to reflect this, meaning the CDC's masking guidance? Any insight? Right, I think that's the question. I, I, I do think it's fair to say that um, that we we were all a little caught off guard. Um, people have been pushing the CDC to be bolder and clearer in their um, guidance, and uh, to really express the confidence that we all have in these highly efficacious vaccines. But I think everyone was a little surprised, and I think the challenge of having an announcement like this that comes as a surprise is um, the, the guidance and the, the science behind it is very clear. These vaccines are highly effective, highly efficacious. If you're vaccinated, you are safe. Um, but the policy, how do we do this when we have large portions of our population not yet vaccinated, makes the implementation of this a little bit of a challenge, particularly when it comes as a surprise. Yes. I mean, that is the other question that we've been getting from listeners in terms of what should the state do when we don't know that the people in stores and restaurants and other indoor spaces who are maskless are for sure fully vaccinated? Right, exactly. And I think that leads to probably two ways of thinking about it, not mutually exclusive, but um, should we be thinking about ways to certify that we've been vaccinated um, and vaccine passports, as they're often called, are, um, have generated their own controversies around the country and in our state too. Um, that's one way of saying, you know, I'll go in the store and I'll show that I've been vaccinated. And so therefore I'm allowed to not have my mask on. The other way is just to make sure we get our vaccination rates really high um, so that the case rates continue to plummet. Hope that people are on their honor system, but recognize that when we have a high rate of vaccination, when we have low cases, 
that um, we can tolerate a little bit of um, fudging of, of the rules without much risk to anyone else. Unfortunately, right now, while the Bay Area has many counties with very high over 50% vaccinated, much of the state is not there yet. Yes, much of the state is not there yet. I mean, just to give listeners a sense, my understanding is less than half have received one dose of the vaccine and around 37% or so of Californians are fully vaccinated, which of course is nowhere near the numbers that we heard about with regard to herd immunity. Right. And and even if we don't try to get to herd immunity, um, oftentimes people in other countries and in other states have shown that once you get to over 40 percent, you start to see a really um, sustained decline in cases. But we have counties in California that are at 18 percent fully vaccinated. Um, And so just to give you a sense, and we have counties, Kaiser reported today that um, uh, even of those older adults who we know are most vulnerable, for example, in San Diego County, only about half of older adults over 65 are vaccinated. And that means that there are people vulnerable. And um, one thing we might do if we're trying to incentivize is to say, here's the goal, masks off within the next three weeks and everybody go, rush out to get your vaccine now so that everyone is prepared for that. That would be another way to think about it. It's being caught off guard that I think is posing a little bit of challenge for those who are charged with implementing these new guidance. Yes, and uh, our listeners are weighing in. I should also open the phones. 866-733-6786 is the number to call if you want to call in with your question. 866-733-6786. You can email us, forum at kqed.org. Get in touch on Twitter or Facebook at KQED Forum. This listener tweets, I'm fully vaccinated and I'm going to keep wearing masks because one, I don't trust other people to do the right thing here. And two, I haven't had even a cold since the mask order started. So there's there are two things operating there. There's the preference piece of this. And there's also the fact that uh, as much as Joe Biden says he believes his fellow Americans will be neighborly and honest and, and on the honor system will not go into a store or an indoor space maskless if they haven't been vaccinated, that's a really hard thing for everybody to trust. And while at the same time you're talking, Dr. Bibbins Domingo, about how there are localities that have a very small percentage of people who are fully vaccinated and and that the the federal guidance does say that people should listen and follow their state and local guidance. Don't you think the pressure to go ahead and and uh, align your guidance with the CDCs is going to be very great on these places? It's going to be great. There's no doubt about it. And I think that 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 is the challenge in implementation. Um, uh, the pressure is going to be great, and uh, I think the CDC is trying to communicate this enthusiasm for what the science is telling us about the vaccines. And I think part of the hope, in fact, is to say that in doing this could actually encourage more people seeing that the masks off is the, you know, the, 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 the reward for the vaccine vaccination that would encourage more people. Um, but I think that you, what your listener is pointing to is uh, the, the concerns that people have that that not everyone is going to follow it in that way. Yes, and I get it. I get that uh, they're trying to incentivize people getting vaccinated. But honestly, if you weren't going to do it and there's no agreed upon way, as you alluded to earlier, to verify it yet, why would somebody really be incentivized to get one now? They can potentially go into other places and... Yeah. Um, Though I suppose the the state's, you know, potential leverage is that it would hang on to these masking requirements until there's greater percentages of vaccinated people. Exactly right. I think that would make 
one a little bit safer. And let's just say that, you know, we oftentimes um, focus on people who are hesitant and, and reluctant, um, but there are still um, barriers that people have faced that have prevented them from getting fully vaccinated. Um, we, and I, I think it's important uh, that, that we acknowledge those, continue to work in every way possible to make sure that, that um, most, if not all of Californians are vaccinated um, and that um, as we get to higher levels, I think we can all safely take our masks off. And I do think that um, that everybody should do what's comfortable for them if they're vaccinated and if they prefer the mask, that's fine. But uh, one thing that people have noted is that outdoors are safe and um, these are environments that we probably should be much more clear uh, that being outdoors is safe and that um, and taking the mask off is one of the, the benefits of vaccination because the, you know, the risk is just so extraordinarily low, particularly out. Well, this listener says, I'm fully vaccinated and I will continue to wear masks inside public buildings because no one else can tell if I'm vaccinated and I want my fellow Americans to feel safe. I'll probably wear masks while shopping or on public transportation for the rest of my life. Uh, let me go to Erica in Healdsburg. Hi, Erica. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure, go right um, ahead. So I am a business owner with employees and we serve the public. And I was really surprised to see the CDC guideline because it's confusing as a business owner. I have to pay sick leave for my staff who get infected with COVID. I can't dictate whether my staff get a vaccine or not. And we are serving people who may or may not be vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So I, I really hoped that they would just keep the mask mandate for a longer time until we had more people vaccinated. And Erica, thanks for sharing that. I mean, Dr. Kirsten Bibbins-Domingo, this is what the state is gonna really have to take into consideration is Erica's situation. I mean, we'd already heard about how businesses were forced to play mask police, you, you know, people coming in and, and having to enforce enforce mask rules. And there was a question that was asked by the United Food and Commercial Workers Union, are people now supposed to become the vaccination police and and how without any real means of certification. Yeah, I I, I think your your uh, your caller has has put uh, has uh, articulated it so nicely um, that uh, that the challenge is for um, the 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 workers who are oftentimes um, have to try to enforce what is really an unenforceable policy at this point. Um, but then also the the challenge of of business owners because. Um, because we can't ask employees um, whether they're vaccinated or not. Um, And I think that you're hearing from the unions um, for the food and commercial workers, you're hearing from other workplace settings that they really do would prefer to have um, clear language uh, to um, to suggest masking indoors for a longer period of time until uh, we have the vaccination rates high enough, the case rates low enough that we can safely do this given these enforcement challenges. And I think this is a real issue, especially as we have all talked about that essential workers have really borne the brunt of much of the, the pandemic throughout and um, putting, putting uh, workers, putting uh, businesses um, in that position of having this entire thing play out for indoor masking is, is a little bit, uh, is, is definitely problematic at this point. Let me go to Michael in Oakland. Hi, Michael. Hi. Yeah. See, you've already been bouncing around this. Um, there was actually a couple of 
announcements in the press that were seemed to be kind of contradictory, uh, I want to say about a month ago, where on the one hand, the state was saying they envisioned allowing large gatherings like, you know, sporting events and big music conferences, uh, concerts and so forth, where it's really super crowded and you, you can't possibly have unvaccinated people going around with no masks. Uh, but allowing those things if people validated their vaccination status. And that just makes good sense. And yet Newsom was cited in the press essentially the same day saying he wasn't going to do a vaccine passport, which is exactly the tool we need to make this actionable, whether it's just to be more comfortable in the grocery store, but certainly to have people maskless in you know, big music conferences and on airplanes and on BART and so forth and so on. Like, we need a ironclad vaccine passport system, and we certainly can't use the CDC cards. I mean, you could make one of those with your photocopier. Right. So uh, do we have any updates on whether there's going to be? I, I mean, I guess from your previous comments, the answer is no. Uh, but an electronic, validatable uh, vaccine passport. Right, Michael. I mean, I think you're also asking just like, what's it going to take, right, Uh, Dr. Kirsten Bimis-Domingo? Because as Michael points out, there has been pushback on this. Right. So um, my sense of this is that um, the state and the feds are are actually reluctant uh, to be the, the, the people who are going to require vaccine passports. But I think you will see more and more businesses doing exactly what you're talking about, whether it's large concerts or sporting events, saying that there will be um, a requirement. Because as you point out, these are um, venues that pose probably the most risk uh, because of the, the large numbers of people and the inability to, to verify. So I think it's going to be businesses probably driving uh, this more. And, and the question will be what platforms will be in place to really verify so that we're not just relying on, you know, the, these cards that are, are hard to keep track of and easy, easy to, to um, falsify. We're talking about the CDC's announcement yesterday that fully vaccinated people can go without masks and social distancing in most settings, including indoor settings. I also want to remind listeners this is a fundraising period for many public radio stations. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. And let me go next to caller Barbara in San Francisco. Hi, Barbara. Join us. Uh, Hello. Hello. Yes, I am much in favor of masks indoors because we don't know who's vaccinated and who isn't, who is barefaced. Um, it's gotten to the point now where even 20 to 30-year-olds in Humboldt County are getting infected with the coronavirus, and that is an extremely part, uh, very uh, scarcely part, uh, populated uh, state. I know it very well. Yes. Barbara, thanks. Uh, yeah, sorry, was there something else you wanted to say quickly? I talked with somebody in Arcata who actually caught um, the coronavirus and now is uh, devoid of taste and smell. Barbara, thanks. It's bringing me to this question of the science again, Dr. Bibbins-Domingo. We touched on this earlier, and you were saying that it is quite good in terms of the vaccines. But can you can you tell us, say, for example, if a parent is bringing a, a child into a store now, uh, a child who clearly has not been vaccinated, and this maskless policy has gone into place, that they're just as safe as they would have been before <laughs> if everybody was wearing masks? 
Well, you're, you're bringing up the big point is that, um, uh, you know, 20% of our population are, are people under 18 really haven't been vaccinated at all. Um, we just newly have uh, the, the capacity to vaccinate those who are 12 to, to 16, but that just started this week. Um, we also know that young adults are the group that, that have the lowest rates of vaccination, even though they've been eligible for a little while. And um, I think uh, fa families are going to be faced with this decision coming in because um, right now, while we still have large proportions of the population who are not vaccinated, while we have viral transmission happening, people who are susceptible, which will include kids, teenagers, young adults, who are not vaccinated will be susceptible to, to transmission. And uh, around the country, we see that um, as we vaccinated our older populations, our younger populations are the ones who uh, represent uh, most of the cases, the hospitalizations, and unfortunately, um, more rarely, but the deaths from COVID-19. And that's, that's why I think many people are, are trying to think through how we get the vaccination rates high in all of these populations as they're eligible in order uh, so that we can all take our masks off safely. Yes. In the meantime, I am hearing from people who are who are parents of little kids or who uh, are immune compromised that they feel a little stuck now. Like they feel like if the mask, if the maskless order gets, or not even order, but the guidance gets aligned here in California, basically, that they feel like their mobility, their <laughs> their freedom of movement is, is less. They feel a little more trapped because they can't trust in everybody at this point with regards to the fact that they will not be in these spaces anymore. Um, yes, I, I mean, I think, you know, that has been the challenge throughout the pandemic is to have more is to balance your own personal risk uh, and your uh, desire for um, proceeding about your life as you normally would with the collective good. And I think you're seeing those things at the crossroads here once again. Um, and, you know, the hope would be and the reality is if we follow the CDC guideline and everyone does what they're supposed to, um, we would be safe. I think we're concerned that people are not going to quite do that. Yes. And um, and I think the, the main message here has to be the vaccines are safe and effective. Um, and they come with uh, protecting you and protecting those around you. And for those people who are not vaccinated yet, um, they're available. And so people should go out and get them. And I think um, the sooner we, more of us, do this within our communities, um, the the better off and the safer we will all be to basically take our masks off and to yes. return to the way we would normally live. And I think the other thing that you've underscored through this is that this is something that the individual will have to assess on their own and the information and data they should look for uh, from their local resources to be able to make that decision. Dr. Bibbins Domingo? Right. So I think that there, there are nice um, uh, CDC guidelines and the CDPH, the California Department of Public Health, has a lot of really nice information uh, to, to talk about this. And so uh, that's what I would recommend. Well, Dr. Kirsten Bibbins-Domingo, thanks so much for talking with us. Thanks to our listeners and thanks to our producer, Susan Britton and Caroline Smith, as well as Ariana Prail, Blanca Torres. Interim senior editor for us is Judy Campbell. Our engineers, Danny Bringer and Katie McMorrin. Our interns, Leslie Torres and Kimia Akbari. Ethan Tobin, lindsay and Holly Kernan are our leaders. I'm Mina Kim. You've been listening to Forum. Have a great weekend. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation. 
This is Barbara Leslie, president of the Oakland Port Commission. Oakland International Airport, OAK, is proud to bring you this podcast of KQED's Forum. When you're choosing your next adventure, the smart and convenient choice is to fly the East Bay Way from OAK to destinations across the USA and Mexico. And when you return home, tune in to KQED, always bringing us remarkable stories about who we are and where we live. Enjoy today's episode of Forum. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.